T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I think I started saying yesterday, like the path to Glendale begins with Seattle. It's a very dramatic way to say that 49ers have a football game this weekend, Ray. It's kind of a big one. But there really is no path to a championship. It's one step at a time. We're going to just open up the show with cliches. Unless, of course, you're, you're Georgia, in which case there is a clear path to a championship. You just step over Ohio State. And then it's gravy from there on out. My goodness, that national championship game last night is that that is that the worst, least competitive national championship game of, of my lifetime? I think it is. I, well, there haven't been that many national championship games, so it's relatively easy to look up. But yeah, it's by far the most uh, lopsided. It was the second most lopsided bowl game this year, behind um, LSU. And uh, who the hell did they beat in the Citrus Bowl? I don't know. Some but directional was, but, school? <laughs> no, knows? it wasn't a directional school. It was, it was somebody with a name, but it's not a name that I, I'm calling to mind immediately. But LSU Purdue? won like 63. Was it Purdue? Yeah, that's who it was. See, I can't even make fun of Purdue losing because they at least go to bowl games and lose. Indiana doesn't even bother. No, it 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 was over at 17-3. And then when they scored twice right before the end of the half, he was going, well, this is this is a significant beatdown. Thanks for coming, basically, is yeah. the way you have to look at that. Appearance by TCU will kind of recap that much, much, much later in the game and the uh, in the show today. We have a great guest coming up later in the show today at five o'clock. Peter King joins us for any and all playoff needs, and we obviously got plenty of those. The 49ers, Ray, they continue to get healthy, which is a good sign as this big game comes up against Seattle at 1.30 on Saturday afternoon. Dre Greenlaw, Aaron Banks returned to practice today. They were limited after being injured in Week 17 in Las Vegas. They didn't play in Week 18. Kevin Givens, who got injured against Tampa and has not played since then, was a full participant in practice today. As a matter of fact, the only guys who didn't get at least limited practices in are Ambry Thomas, which we kind of knew about, and Jimmy Garoppolo, which we definitely knew about. So, you know, as you start lining up what this game's going to look like, the healthiest Niners team possible sounds like a, a tremendous advantage because this Seattle team, 
having a good year that got them in the playoffs is nowhere nearly as talented as the 49ers are if it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. Yeah, and more to the point. Once again, i got to stop doing that. Just apologize to me, beg my forgiveness, and continue. Bite me in triplicate. Thank you. How's that? Perfect. Uh, they Seattle still can't tackle. They can't tackle running backs in particular. And that's where the difference is. 49ers gained 170 yards first time they played. And then I, I think like 155 the next time. And if the 49ers do that, this will not be close. Because Seattle is not a dynamic enough offense to make up the number of points they're going to give up watching Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey just run through them. Getting healthy is a uh, key to any team's postseason success. It's a key. It's just like it's, you know, availability is the best avail- uh, ability you can have in sports. There is no doubt about that. And tonight, look who is available just down the road. First name Stephen, last name Curry. He's back. Everything is less blurry. It's going to be here tonight, Ray. And as someone who has to uh, pay attention to Warriors games, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> he is, let's face it, even if you are uh, the most jaded, stubbornest media member in Bay Area sports history. Looking yes. At you, looking at you, yeah. darling. Yeah. Uh, you got to appreciate Steph Curry playing basketball whenever it's going to happen. And I don't want to be morbid about anything. I don't want to you know, start talking about the end for Steph because there is a lot of Steph still in front of us. But there's not a whole lot of stuff still in front of us. It's time to start appreciating what we have left until you're so far down the we don't have much left road. Like, start smelling the roses right now. And if the Warriors, by the way, are going to do anything of significance this year, obviously he's right in this middle of it. Steph Curry is back playing basketball tonight. He missed the last 11 games with a partially dislocated shoulder. Um, Slight thumbs up i guess for the warriors who do go six and five over those 11 but it really felt like that they gave the last two away eminently winnable games you know you lose to detroit i guess on a what sadiq bay three that hurts but at least that's basketball to lay down and die against orlando even though clay wasn't playing bad luck so the warriors are ever going to look good they're going to look good with steph curry he's back tonight that is good and Oh, by the way, Andrew Wiggins also returned. A few more minutes going to be available, you'd think, for Andre Iguodala tonight. I'm ready for Steph Curry to be playing Warriors basketball again. Fair enough. I mean, he's going to be here for four more years, even if the last two years he stinks, which is unlikely. But his contract doesn't run out till 26. I know. So you've got you've got plenty of time for that. I mean, right now the task is, okay, how do you... I mean, amazingly, they're in the sixth spot right now. They've survived. Yeah, I mean, and that's... Almost through no fault of their own. Yeah. And and as much as we talk about their awful road record, there isn't a team in the Western Conference that has a winning road record. And only four teams overall that have a winning road record. So, as much damage as you think they have done to themselves by being unable to win away from home... They're in the same boat as everybody else. I mean, granted, it's you know it's taking on more water than everybody else's, but not by as much as you'd think. Winning on the road has been a problem. They got a five-game road trip that starts in San Antonio on Friday. Obviously, uh, the 49ers are the focus, right? I mean, they have in Brock Purdy, if you wanted to circle just, you know, one available topic to you and say... You know, this guy really is in the driver's seat 
of the single biggest fairy tale going on in the NFL. He's come out of nowhere. He has produced at an unbelievably competent level. And the 49ers not only have not missed a beat since he's taken over, you can make an argument that they're even better. They look smoother offensively now than at any other point in time, maybe during the entire Kyle Shanahan era. Maybe that's recency bias. Maybe that's the... The, the you know the the beauty of lowered expectations you judge less harshly as you watch it all unfold but he is without a doubt ray he's a fairy tale happening in front of our eyes the seattle seahawks have a little bit of a fairy tale going on themselves and today we need to talk a little bit about eugene cyril smith because Geno Smith had a monster year yeah his his is the biggest fairy tale of the year because he was dead and buried uh, just he'll never play again. He failed in New York with the, with a series of horrible Jets teams. No escape for him. And he's come out this year. And although he will not be the MVP, he will be on people's minds when they fill out that card because he's getting votes. He's, he's going to no, yeah, get he's, votes. No, I mean, yeah, he won't be the he won't get picked right away when people are filling out their ballots. But he'll be on he'll be on ballots. No question. He's second or third. I think he's second or third in this league. Third, probably third. It's going to go Mahomes, Allen, Smith. Yeah, I mean, the only other, you know, the only other possibility I would think would be Justin Jefferson. I'd say a local Minnesota Vikings reporter might throw him a bone or two, but it yeah. won't be an overwhelming. Oh, no, he won't win it either. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Mahomes is going to win. And Allen is going to be the you know prohibitive second place winner. Jalen Hurts. He'll be on some, but he'll be down ballot. Um, missing a couple of games probably doesn't help him. But it's one of those weird, we saw how much of a difference maker you are. I've always said one of the greatest, because um, I, I thought that Steve Nash was a soft NBA MVP at times. When you took Steve Nash off those Phoenix Suns teams, when you see what Amari Stoudemire looked like without him, that's when you realize, like, oh, you know what? He might have been worthy of that MVP after all. He makes that entire team go. He really is that good. And and that's that's the thing about looking back at MVP voting 10 years later. Like, people are outraged that MASH won two MVPs and Shaquille O'Neal won neither of them. But at the time, you could make a justification for that. In the same way that you could make a justification in 2015 for Andre Iguodala being finals MVP because you saw... At the time, the difference he made in how the Warriors played once he got put, you know, on on LeBron. And don't forget, the the, the Cavs were up 2-1 in that series. And then that changed everything. You got a little memory lane? I got some memory lane for us to walk down today. I think this is going to be a great show for you. We got Peter King coming up at 5 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. And, um, I mean, if I did, if I had to offer my... What is your Jalen Hurts MVP argument? Look at the Eagles without him. Look at the Eagles with him. Two totally different teams almost. So we have uh, a great show for you today. A fairy tale show. Let's not go that far, but it's a good one. Everyone stay safe out there. Obviously, the weather conditions are all over the place, and it feels like if you're 15 miles away from somebody, their weather condition could be completely different than yours. So... You know, no jokes to go around. Stay out there and healthy and uh, safe today with any and all instant downpours. We had dipping dot size hail.
outside my front door this afternoon already. So um, we got a lot to get into this afternoon. Some very complimentary stuff from Pete Carroll, whose resume is worth going over. The resurrection of Geno Smith, the raw data on the Niners year, and a goodbye to Brandon Belt, which happened very late last night on our show. Brandon Belt, au revoir, he is going to be a Toronto Blue Jay, which means a hashtag forever giant. Yeah, I guess you move the, remove the word forever. But uh, Brandon Belt, a significant and frustrating career out in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we're going to get into all of that today. Curry's returning tonight. Suns are hosting the Warriors. It's brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Peter King today at 5 o'clock. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The merch store is open, boys and girls. You can check it all out. Go to 957thegameshop.com. Damon and Ratto, a little bit later on, we will be... Going down memory lane. Oh, yeah. Yes, member berries for everybody today. Remember, Ray, 41 years ago today was the catch. 41 years. Time flies when you're uh, watching one of the great highlights and one, you know, and and not just Niners history, in, in football history. That really is one of the all time highlights. And uh, it helped launch a dynasty. There is no doubt about it. The catch, you were there, sparkling in the end zone, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, what is your single go-to biggest memory of that day, that moment? Everson Wall screaming the F word at the top of his lungs when Clark came down with the ball. Because <laughs> he was inadvertently looking right at me when he did it. And I could actually hear it over the crowd noise. That's a great memory. I mean, because he, you know, he covered him, but Clark simply jumped, and that was all that there was. Everson Walls 
you know, if he could have made the play to prevent that, clearly would have. But Everson Walls has gotten paid time and time again because of that highlight. Like he's gone gone to card shows, he has signed you know many uh, you know inglorious uh, Niner fans autograph for autographs for Niner fans. I mean he. All things considered, if you're going to go down in history, be sure to go down in history. It really doesn't matter what side you're on. And he goes down in history because of that moment. And he's, he's, nobody's embarrassed for him. I mean, he didn't really do anything wrong on the play. Yeah, no, he was, he was just, simply beaten on it. He, yeah. It's not like he blew an assignment. It's not like he was guarding the wrong guy. He just, he could not jump high enough soon enough. A centimeter higher, Dwight Clark couldn't have jumped high enough. True. But, you know, that's that's the weird thing about how that play works out. Because he's not the guy you would expect to be able to get that high off the ground. Because he was not inherently a great leaper. But he was then. And Montana, to his great credit, threw that ball on the run. You know, so, I mean, it just, it's, and that was the thing that, you know, that made him famous was he was incredibly accurate. He did not have... A cannon for an arm by any stretch and wasn't asked to have one by Bill Walsh but he could put the ball in a crowd and he put the ball in the one place where the worst thing that could happen was an incompletion when he was drafted out of West Virginia Geno Smith wasn't necessarily even known for his accuracy but he had a cannon and he was mobile as hell. I mean, he was special when he was at West Virginia. They were good. He had a hell of a run when he was there. And he was the seventh pick of the second round out of West Virginia. Geno Smith, 2013, first year with the New York Jets, he started 16 games. And the Jets, for the Jets, actually went a respectable 8-8, eight and eight, all things considered. Geno Smith, though through 21 interceptions in his rookie year. Year two starts, Ray, 2014. He plays 13 games before he gets hurt, and there is a massive level of regression to the point where he is 3-10. and 10. And the Jets have a terrible year in 2015 and in 2016. His final two years with the Jets, he only gets one start. He appears in three games. 2017, Geno Smith, he doesn't have to go far. He just goes from one locker room to the other. He becomes a backup for the New York Giants. He gets two games. He starts one. He lost that game. And in 2018, he's playing five games for the Chargers. Zero starts, though. And nobody saw it because at that time, basically, the Chargers were playing in, what, a glorified soccer stadium? I mean, it was it, there was no level of embarrassment that drew any level of attention to the Chargers at their time. So he probably didn't even notice Geno Smith getting five games at junk time there. And nobody else did because in 2019, he is out of the NFL. Geno Smith is out of football in 2019. In 2020, he signs with Seattle. Zero games. They were impressed enough in those zero games, or at least in his ability to somehow, you know, show what other teams might show you in practice as a, a backup guy, as someone who is playing practice squad, you know, running scout team at times, I'm guessing. 
Uh, he's back with Seattle. He starts three games for Russ in 2020. And then in 2021, this year, out of absolutely nowhere, I mean, Gino wasn't you know, a 60% passer at any point in time, really, when he was in New York. He starts every game and he magically turns into a 70% passer who leads the NFL in completion percentage this year. He throws for a career-high 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It is a fairy tale. And it is unbelievable. He started from a place that a lot of guys fail in. But then he resurfaces in two other places that were hardly success story launching pads with the Giants or or the Chargers at the time. And then all of a sudden he shows up in Seattle. Moving on from Russ means, well, they can't just turn the reins over to Geno Smith. But Pete Carroll saw enough in him to do it. And it's one of the more remarkable coaching jobs of of Pete Carroll's entire career. Yeah, I he trusted Geno Smith to make sure that Tyler Lockett and DJ Metcalf were the most important players in the offense. And that worked very well. In fact, it worked so well that teams started, you know, not worrying about the run. And all of a sudden, Kenneth Walker, who's probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year this year, suddenly had the kind of year nobody thought he'd have because he came on in the second half of the year to the point where, you know, his, you know, well, at Kansas City and against the Jets, he's over 100. You know, he's he's a factor too. So, but it doesn't happen if Geno Smith isn't willing to operate within the strictures of what has always been a traditional offense spiced up only by the fact that Russell Wilson didn't follow instructions all the time. So it's worked out fine for him, and it got what was a bad team into the playoffs because people were looking at the at the Seahawks like, yeah, they'll go four and thirteen. They were, know, they might get the first pick in the draft. They were destined to have like two of the top five picks. That's what everyone was saying because they had traded obviously for for you know uh, Seattle or excuse me Seattle now has Denver's draft pick. When you saw that that was going to become a premium draft pick, that thing goes right to Seattle, and Seattle was supposed to stink out the joint and have you know two very premium picks. And somebody's uh, from the five one zero says, "Damon, get it right. It was two thousand twenty. No, I'm sorry, I misspoke." It was this year that he got his first chance to start. And he starts 17 games. 17 games with Seattle. And is yeah, a 70% passer. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. When they say that, you know, accuracy is one of those things that it really can't be taught. You either are accurate or you are not accurate. Well, we've seen Jared Allen uh, kind of... Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, pardon me, kind of spit in the eye of, of that theory because he went from inaccurate to... Very accurate. And now, I mean, Geno Smith is one of the all-time. This guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, 21 interceptions in his rookie year, to leads the league in completion percentage. Um, that the, the, the most amazing thing when you get, to, get down to it is this probably would have been Pete Carroll's last year if they had gone 4-13. and 13. They probably would have arranged it so that he could retire with dignity because, look, he's brought a lot of skins to Seattle. But I don't think they were going to ask him back for next season. Now he might get another three years because Geno Smith saved his ass. He made he made DK Metcalf want to be. But did he? A didn't he also? I mean, he saved Geno Smith's rear end too. 
Yeah, but I don't think at any point that anybody thought Geno Smith was, you know, going to be, you know, he was he wasn't going to have this renaissance until Pete Carroll decided he's the quarterback I want. So it was a risky play that if Geno Smith doesn't perform well, means that Pete Carroll's out the door, as well as Geno Smith. So I guess the answer to your question is they saved each other's asses, and now they get to bring their asses down here. It's something else. It, it is unbelievable. And look, I, I still say this, and somebody's like, you know, you know, Damon, you keep on pushing Brock Purdy. What? I mean, I'm not pushing him. He, I mean, it's... Look with your own two eyes. Ask yourself, you ever seen anything like that before? If you say yes, you're lying. Mr. Irrelevant has never, ever thrown a pass in the history of football. This guy has turned into the most touchdowns ever thrown by a 49ers rookie quarterback in only six games. That's six games. That's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, he came out of nowhere. Now, to me, the single greatest sports fairy tale I think the NFL is ever going to tell in my lifetime is Kurt Warner. Because Kurt Warner comes from even further back in the draft than, you know, Mr. Irrelevant does. Undrafted. He's bagging groceries. He's an Iowa barnstormer. Exactly. Now, football for Kurt Warner at one point was a glorified hobby. More than it was an actual profession that he was probably pursuing, thinking, yeah, one day I'm going to make it to the NFL. And if not for an injury to Trent Green, we don't get to know him at all. It, it's remarkable. I'd say that it's going to be a Disney movie one day, but I believe it's already been a movie. I don't know if it was a Disney movie or not. I heard it wasn't very good. But I don't need to watch the movie because I saw the real thing. Yeah, the movie is never going to be as good as the real thing. That's the thing about especially sports movies. They never make them well enough. Do you ever watch Miracle? Yeah. I thought they did a pretty damn good job with that. They really did, because they stayed honest to the story. They didn't embellish, because the story Oh, they started it up some. Well, sure, you have to. I mean, it's Hollywood. You well, you, but you don't have to. I mean, the fact is you can... Well, how do they tart it up? How do they tart it up the, the movie? Well, they, they made the Jim Craig character like even more romantic than he actually was. Um, they made him... They made them, you know... Well, they wanted to emphasize, like, his mom died, and he's got a connection with his dad. Okay. Which he did. But it wasn't as huge a thing as the narrative made it made it out later but i'm just saying if you want the best sports movies they have to be almost completely fictional like slapshot or you have to adhere to a book literally down to the down to the t like eight men out i mean that was probably the best baseball movie but miracle was pretty good i mean not to get pedantic but they did, they did primp it up a little bit, but it was, it was a story that didn't need primping. It was big enough on its own that the even if you, you did, saw it, is like the equivalent of a modern day Academy Award because you don't see anything. So the no. fact that you were curious enough to actually seek it out is a small victory in the history of cinema. Well, I didn't right seek it out. I watched it at home. I'm not going with theater. Well, sure, but you sought it out on your television. There's a lot of things on your well, TV actually, that you choose not to watch. I didn't seek it out. My wife sought it out and said, come on, we're watching a movie. And frankly, Way to go, I'm Mrs. Ratto. There you I, go. I'm afraid of her. So I do what I'm told. Matt and San Rafael, thank you for joining us. What do you got? Yeah, I, hey guys, how's it going? I was just calling because, I, one, I totally agree, like, 
98% of the Bay Area that this Brock Purdy phenomenon is just crazy to be witnessing. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on kind of a two-part thing. This this kind of Since we've heard of the, the progress, I guess you'll call it, on Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, why does it seem like there are murmurs on social media from corners of the fan base and even from members of the media that well, why do we care and why would you even entertain bringing him back active for two reasons one he hasn't even posted anything in terms of congratulations you know nfc champs or nfc west champs nothing in regards to the team or being behind the team since he's been injured and two if you bring him back and god forbid he ended up having to play for whatever reason and gets hurt it only hurts his trade value. So from the effect on the locker room and Purdy's mental game and everything going well, why would you even entertain the Jimmy Garoppolo show re-entering the picture at this point? Because he'd 100% be the best option to continue winning should Brock Purdy go down. And that's all there is from this point. And, you know, Jimmy, could he hurt his trade value by re-emerging and stepping on his own you-know-what and looking terrible? I guess he could. Or... He could, you know, do something that makes you rethink what you think about Jimmy Garoppolo because that's how sports work, too. I mean, he is the best available other option if he is available full stop. That's why you would want him back. And the other thing is, um, if he's as good as he was when he was healthy, he was good. You won't see a difference. I mean, if you, if you want to look for one, you'll make one up. But the, the 49ers have been as successful with him as they've been with Purdy. They are the same team doing the same things the same way. And that's the thing. There's no real change in how they're, how they're operating. Plus, he's with the team every day, so he doesn't have to send best wishes to anybody. Uh, does Jimmy not even like have a, a social media presence? I don't know about it if he does. I don't, I don't know. care but he about it if he but does. He wouldn't have to send best wishes to people that he sees every day. Right. So, you know, I, that, that to me is, that's, a, that's just but, not... I mean, here's the thing. I, I, place, I place no value or commitment to wanting to win or supporting the team that you got injured playing for based on a... Go get him, guys. Tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, care about they'd that. They'd laugh at him, and deservedly so, because he's still one of the guys. And if, you know, if they manage to win a game in which Purdy doesn't look good and Garoppolo comes back healthy, that's an open debate again about who would play in the conference final or who would play in the Super Bowl. I, I don't think that's a closed door because it doesn't have to be a closed door. You can let the events play themselves out. You don't have to start working for 2023 when you're still neck deep in 2022. Yeah, it's it's odd that anyone other than the most absurd corners of Twitter in the internet would be worried about Jimmy Garoppolo's presence in any way, shape, or form. Let me ask this, and this I think this is a fair question that even the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo detractor would have to say. All right, you might have a point there. When has Jimmy's presence around this team ever had a, a, a malevolent effect on it? When has he been anything other than a total pro? It didn't like the way he didn't return off-season texts, and that might have been a part of the reason why, whatever. Okay, what, as far as in-season present and presence... 
I've never heard anything other than Jimmy's a pros pro, pros pro, pros pro, and he's never done anything that could even be interpreted as a sideways glance at Trey Lance or Brock Purdy or or anyone. I mean, it, J- Jimmy was a good teammate to Nate Sudfeld from you know early reports. So I, I I just don't think that there's any reason to think that Jimmy being available in a backup role is a is a bad thing at all. It it it, it sounds a lot better than hey, you know, Trey Lance's ankles ready to go. No, thank you. No, no, I'd much rather have Jimmy in a backup role. Yeah, uh, him as a starter is not a big problem either. I mean, just it's the rush to get rid of him has always taken on bizarre overtones. And I guess it's always going to. I, it, I guess it just doesn't matter what he does or doesn't do. People will be thrilled when he leaves, and then all of a sudden they'll, they'll wonder why they were so happy when he left. Because, you know, th- this is one of those, you're going to regret what you ask for, you know, because quarterbacks go down. And if Brock Purdy goes down next year and Jimmy Garoppolo is not there to run the offense, 49ers are going to be in in some degree of hurt. Someone from the 925 says, you know, I, I wouldn't wish this at all, but imagine Brock going down in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. Jimmy comes in, they win the game. Like, that would be one of the Cinderella stories. I don't know if it's even a Cinderella story as much as it is a... Tribute to continuity. A, an unfinished business. He finally got what he'd worked so hard for and seemed to escape him so many different times, like level of story. I, the elevator pitch is different than... It's a Cinderella story. It's a story of redemption more than it would be an ultimate underdog because if the Niners had won 10 games in a row... With Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I don't think they're being perceived as an underdog going into this game against Seattle or maybe anybody else that they could see in the NFC side of the bracket. No, they would. They they're they wouldn't be an underdog unless they play Philadelphia in Philadelphia, just because Philadelphia is a home team and Philadelphia has the better record. But that said, I don't think anybody looks the 49ers as any kind of live underdog. They look at them as one of the two best contenders in this conference. Period. So you can make up all the narratives you want. The narrative is simple. In th- in two and a half weeks, the 49ers will either go to the Super Bowl or they won't. I mean, because I don't imagine that Seattle can put up enough of a fight to worry the 49ers unduly. And then it gets more difficult. Either they get Dallas or they get Minnesota. And, you know, both those teams are live. I mean, I think they'd much rather play Minnesota because Minnesota always wins by two. Um, whereas Dallas could put points on nearly anybody. It, it's really going to boil down if the 49ers play the way they've played to them in Philadelphia in Lincoln Financial. Pete Carroll, by the way, basically said that, you know, this is a a serious task in front of them. He was on the uh, 710 ESPN up in Seattle. Uh, It's the morning show with Mike Salk, who, by the way, is a great sports talk host up in the Pacific Northwest and is going to be joining Ray and I tomorrow at some point. Here's what Pete said on his weekly call-in with Mike Salk, the way that we talk to Steve Kerr once a week. He has Pete Carroll on once a week, and here's what Pete Carroll had to say about the Niners. Kyle's done an incredible job with his QBs this season. The, The 
ten game run is big time now. That's big time in this league, and and uh, you got to give them all the credit. They're as healthy maybe as they've been all year long. You know, it's a freaking juggernaut we're going into. What so. makes them so challenging to play against? Well, now they have they're so well equipped with so many guys in positions that can make things happen. Uh, they have a uh, there's you know who do you stop? You know, and, and McCaffrey's been just a, a, a gem. So I think he scored eleven touchdowns in the ten games or so, something like that or whatever. You know, they're just so loaded and and. And so so much so that the quarterback, a young dude, has come in there and, and taken it over and and, and and done great. You know, three three touchdowns yesterday. So it's it's you know it's as hard as it could possibly get. By the way, we're going to have a uh, walk down memory lane, looking at Pete Carroll's career and how it started in the Bay Area as someone who was born in San Francisco, went to what Redwood High School up in Larkspur. I mean, this guy is uh, a Bay Area boy through and through with an unbelievable path to the game that he'll be coaching in on Saturday. I mean, his career path is really, really something else. I I, I got, I, I went down the rabbit hole with Pete Carroll today, and I want to bring a few things back from that rabbit hole and share some, some with you. We got some uh, things to react to here on the Xfinity Mobile text line as well, saying, you know, you guys have seen five quarters of football from Trey Lance, and all I hear is hating on him. No one's hating on Trey Lance. But repetitions matter. And the repetitions that Brock Purdy got as a four-year starter in college have mattered with him looking more comfortable in Kyle Shanahan's offense than Trey Lance was able to with all of his God-given talent. Brock Purdy is a better fit at this point in time in his career than Trey Lance's. And, you know, there's, there's absolutely no hatred being expressed. That's just fact. That's use your own eyes. So we got a lot to get into today. Peter King joins us at 5 o'clock. It's Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Again, the road to Glendale is brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. 49ers are 2-0 against Seattle this year. Week 2 was a 27-7 win all the way back in Week 2. Week 15, 21-13 better than Seattle. They've beaten the Seahawks 48-20 so far this season. But the one thing that there is no denying is that Pete Carroll can cobble together a game plan to make whatever you want to do harder than it normally looks. We've seen it time and time again. The guy is a professional football coach, and he just laid down one of his best seasons as Seattle's coach. I mean, the Pete Carroll era has included a a title, two Super Bowl appearances. They've made the playoffs 10 times in 13 seasons. He's never gone back-to-back seasons without making the postseason two years in a row. He's in every single time you look up. 10 out of 13 is pretty extraordinary. And I know that, Ray, we have been sold so, I think, at times incorrectly that, you know, without a Super Bowl title, your playoff appearance is worthless. That's been sold to fans. You know, there is one team that had a good year. Everyone else is an unmitigated failure. There are people who really get out of bed thinking that because they've been so distorted by the only thing I can recognize as a winner is the person who won it all. And it's nuts. It's it's too bad that that's the way things have been sold to way too many sports fans who actually believe that. Just reaching the postseason 10 times in 13 years is incredible. It's an incredible amount of success for anyone to have anywhere. You do that with a Little League team. 
you are the Connie Mack of Little League. I mean, it's it's incredible. Well, I mean, it's look, it's the classic example of what did you do for me in the last fifteen minutes? And Pete Carroll, compared to what he had five and six years ago when Russell Wilson was younger and they had the best defense in football, uh, it makes it look like it's not as good. And it's not as good. But when you have a chance 10 times in 13 years, that's pretty impressive given the fact that most teams don't have that. And there are a lot of teams that have no chances in those 13 years. It's, you know, all pro sports is about comparisons because everything else is relatively equal except for your ability to build and maintain a team. And that's where Pete Carroll and John Schneider have it over a lot of people because they found continuity to the point where when they have a bad year, they only have the one. I mean, this is not a bad year for them. Given what people thought they were going to be, this is a hell of a year for them. They've done they they've earned whatever praise they're going to get. And even if they get their hats blocked on Saturday, they will have gone as much farther than anybody had any reason to think they would. No doubt about it. And you know, it's it's just people they really do. I I remember the interception and you didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and you lose that Super Bowl, right? That was bad. That was bad. It seemed a little arrogant that Pete in the postgame defended that decision as if it were the right decision. And really, that's where a lot of fishers started in Seattle's winning formula. First of all, anytime your defense officially has a nickname that nobody makes fun of and just, you know, says like, yeah, they were the Legion of Boom. Like nobody says that ironically. Nobody says that mocking it. They were good enough of an NFL unit to have a nickname. Anytime you're dealing with a team with a nickname, you're dealing with a really good team pretty much throughout football history, right? So he's got a defense forward team. That was probably the game where the whole like, you know, let Russ be the hero instead of just giving it to Marshawn was somehow one of the things Pete wanted to create. And that's where I think Richard Sherman and a level of jealousy and the disease of more, which is a phrase that Pat Riley coined. You know, when you go to two Super Bowls in a row, everybody's hand is out, whether you've won them both or not. It was almost as if that one Super Bowl loss was grounds for dismissal in some fans' eyes. And, I, you know, I, I bet you that all these years later, there's a part of Billy Bean that regrets saying on the record or in Moneyball it coming out, you know, him basically saying... You know, all a general manager's job is, is to get his team to the postseason. What happens once they get there? Well, you know, that's when you need a little fairy dust, the stars to align, and a little luck. But any general manager who delivers his team to the postseason has done a good job. And obviously, that became such a, you know, an annual rite of disappointing pa- uh, passage for A's fans that that, that kind of got mocked. I've always believed in it. I've always believed in it. I mean, there, there are fans who wanted Nick Saban fired when the uh, kick six happened at, at, at Auburn. Was it a horrific coaching decision? Yes, on par with Pete Carroll's horrific coaching decision. But you don't take the greatest coach in the history of your franchise and fire them over one play, one decision. People wanted Pete Carroll's job. Oh, sure, because it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I just... I was disappointed. Something went wrong. 
most people think the thing that went wrong was a coaching decision. The coach must be an idiot. And Pete Carroll was trying to be too clever by by half. You know, I mean, because in a situation like that, the orthodoxy is you use your best player to get the thing you want. And he didn't do that. And it backfired on him. I mean, if they throw the pass and it's complete, nobody's saying anything. Because, wow, he outfoxed them. Right. They all Everyone thought, thought it was going to Marshawn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Of all the people who have criticized Pete Carroll for doing that, almost none did it before the play. He says, well, they've got to give it to Marshawn here. They've got to be able to push a yard and a half. And they chose not to. And to their eternal regret. But that's the nature of the animal. By that, and by that I mean, that's the nature of play calling. Look at the you're 49ers. a genius till you're not. The 49ers and Frank Gore in the Super Bowl. Didn't let him touch the ball. Well, Michael James got a goal line touch ahead of Frank Gore, I believe, in that game. Yeah, but, you know, maybe they had, maybe it's a great play where something else breaks down because most of the people who are going to tell you it's a terrible play are judging on one thing and one thing only. It didn't work. Well, what if it didn't work because somebody missed a block? They don't know that because they're not looking for that. I mean, it's the, you know, it's the it's the grand old story about Jimmy Garoppolo being blamed for them not winning a Super Bowl when, in fact, the reason they lost to Kansas City is because they gave up three touchdowns in 13 minutes with the best defense in football. That's why they lost. But the narrative is much easier if you guide it through the quarterback. It, and it's always been that. I mean, you have to retrofit your argument. You have to retrofit your argument saying that you should have had a big enough lead to where you gave up those touchdowns at the end and field goals should have been touchdowns. And had that been, you know, the case, those touchdowns wouldn't have burned you. Now, I'm, I'm not making that argument. but that's, no, I understand that. But 21 points in 13 minutes is a defensive failure, not an offensive failure. I would agree. Make a stop. You know Even what else? if you give up a field goal, make a stop. You've been doing it all year long. And that's, but the narrative is whatever people want it to be. So they can fashion it any way they like. You know what? Getting back to Pete Carroll, I'm sorry to interrupt, but getting back to Pete Carroll, that's a pretty thin read upon which to condemn his career. Most people don't like him because he chews gum and because he, you know, turned around to USC um, before he got to Seattle and took away things the 49er fans thought they, they deserved. But Seattle was a better team then. And they were better team than the 49ers over and over and over again because they proved it over and over and over again. That's not enough, in my mind, to condemn a guy. The fact that he did his job really well and that he did it better than your guy did. If his coaching error, not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch, is agreed upon, like that was a one decision that in hindsight was obviously terrible. Nobody sits around and talks about all the decisions that led to him winning the Super Bowl previously, the year before Super Bowl 48, where the Seahawks came out and beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos 43 to 8. Like we just got the one of the worst national title games in the history of college football last night. That was one of the worst Super Bowls ever. That thing was over when the ball was snapped by Jeff Saturday. They might bring back his head coach, by the way. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Jeff Saturday snaps the ball right over Peyton Manning's head. Whoops. 2 nothing. Seahawks right off the rip. And uh, they never exactly 
Uh, the Colts never exactly caught up. This is a guy who was voted the NFL's all-decade coach in 2010. Two national championships at USC going back-to-back. Four Rose Bowl wins, two Orange Bowl wins, seven Pac-10 championships. That's right, Pac-10 kids, look it up. Guy went to Redwood High School in Larkspur. Probably smoked joints laying on the hood of a Trans Am, like a T-top. <laughs> he is just a normal guy who kind of was a good football player, good enough to go down to Pacific. And, you know, I mean, what, you know, there, there was no professional career really waiting for him. He tried out for a team in Hawaii. Guessing the professional sur- football circuit in Hawaii wasn't overwhelming. But he just loved the sport. He stayed around it. He had a, an unbelievable career and coaching path that got him to head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, where he is far, 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 far and away their most successful head coach of all time. I mean, Mike Holmgren would be the only other argument you could make. Yeah, I mean, he made he made one fatal error early in his career by failing in New York. That's also stuck to him, even though those Jets teams deserved to fail. They did, and by the way, though, when I went down that rabbit hole I was telling you about, Pete Carroll got tabloid run out of that town more than he was actual your football was bad run out of that town. And we will talk about that a little bit later on. But let me quickly welcome everyone, one and all, to your 4 o'clock hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 